Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Belair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to another solo episode of Third Eye Awakening. Let's see how I do here. I'm going to freestyle ramble about the difference between magic and manifestation and why I really perceive that manifestation is not selfish, it's not ego-based or ego-driven, although Although it can be at the beginning, but ultimately, if you go down the manifestation journey, it leads you closer and closer to a, I would say, a more divine or elevated or exalted level of consciousness, whatever words you want to use. I'm tr- I'm like going to try in this episode to straddle the... <sighs> like the the more religious language so that I can speak to the people in my audience who I know are coming from a more religious background, but also trying to use non-religious language too, speaking to the people in my audience who really like are not concerned about the religious stuff and the religious interpretations. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to have one foot planted in both of those worlds and to be the bridge that connects them all. Okay, so manifestation. At first glance, manifestation can seem like kind of hedonistic and selfish, depending on, you know, how judgmental you are and what your views are. Just to give some context, part of the inspiration for this solo episode topic is because last year, um, if you've been a, a listener for a year, then you will know because I shared that I went on quite a journey downward spiral into a dark night of the soul in October, November, December, especially November, December of last year, where I really became aware of a lot of false light teachings. And I really got freaked out because I was like, how the fuck would I know if I'm transmitting false light? Like, am I just contributing to, you know, like distractions or I don't know at the time it just felt really intense it it felt like a realization that people are listening to me and I need to be totally confident in what I'm sharing and what I'm talking about and also to be very authentic and transparent that this is just my perception I am not trying to speak with any kind of authority I just am here sharing but it took me in that dark night of the soul last year, it took me down kind of like a rabbit hole towards Christianity because I was also really integrating a lot of understanding around the Christ consciousness last year. I was running a sort of mastermind group mentorship program called 1212, where we were um, going into Christ consciousness codes and I was channeling them on a weekly basis for nine months. It was very intense, beautiful, so beautiful. But of course, if you're going to if you're going to open yourself up to deeply understand Christ consciousness and that level of the light, you are also going to have to do a dance with the equal and opposite level of the darkness because 
it's all one thing, right? It's just two sides of the same coin. So anyway, this dark night of the soul almost led me to jumping ship from whatever. I don't consider myself new age, but I'm sure other people would be like, yeah, Amy, you're totally new age. But I almost jump shipped basically from new age to Jesus, which apparently a lot of people do. I had no idea until last year. And I started binge watching these YouTube videos of people's testimonials of new age to Jesus. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, they're making some really, really good points. I couldn't, I couldn't actually make the jump because ultimately I just realized that the interpretation of scripture of any kind, of any religion, like any, um, any sacred text, but in this case, the interpretation of the Bible is so subjective and I just couldn't buy into any denomination or even like anybody's interpretation because it just makes sense to me that I would just study it on my own and have my own experience with it and my own interpretation. And that means that I cannot belong to an organized religion. So that's my little nutshell summary of my journey last year. But in binging all of these New Age to Jesus YouTube videos, I kept seeing this theme about how manifestation is really selfish. And I mean, I'd heard that before, but I hadn't heard it with that level of intensity and sort of judgment behind it. I just heard it kind of like, I remember back in the day when I was also binging a lot of Abraham Hicks, this was years ago. I remember she would be talking about, and she'd make these, you know, cute jokes about how it's not actually selfish to tend to your vibration and all that kind of stuff. So I I understood how it could be perceived that manifestation would be selfish. But I realized last year that it went a lot deeper. So all that is just my little context to share why I want to talk about this and that some of you may feel like you know, you've heard or you've had these thoughts that it's hedonistic, which is quite a judgmental word. Um, but others of you may not resonate with that at all. And you might just feel like, am I just selfish for wanting this or that or whatever thing? And I hope to address all of those questions um, or concerns for all of you. But I'll start with the intensity of the hedonism first. I don't perceive that manifestation is hedonistic at all. Because at the beginning of the manifestation journey, it is very normal that we would have all these sort of like human egoic desires that we want to experience. We want to have them be fulfilled. I think it comes from a lot of not being able to have the things that we wanted, especially when we were children or we were youths, young adults whatever, you know, when you just feel like you don't have a lot of power, you don't have a lot of your own money. When you're a child, I mean, how many, how many of us carry an imprint of being told no, that you can't have this thing that you want by an adult? Maybe that adult was well-meaning. Maybe that adult was being a total dick and power mongering. Either way, it, it lingers with you. You don't just get over it. Like you might get over the thing, For example, I really wanted a baby alive when I was little because I am here for the babies and I just couldn't wait to have a child. So when I was a little girl, I wanted a baby alive and I never got to have one. Now, I don't, I could go buy myself one from Walmart right now if I wanted to. 
I don't want a baby alive anymore. But the yearning that was behind my desire for the baby alive was actually a yearning to have my children. And it's funny the way that that pattern has echoed out through my years as a fertile adult woman, this feeling of like getting the answer no all the time. It's just very interesting. So even though I now have my children and that desire is satisfied, there is still a lingering echo of that that feeling of disappointment and defeat and powerlessness that came from being a child and being told, no, you can't have this thing that you want. The reason my parents didn't want to get me a baby alive was because it needed batteries and they were just like, no, (laughs) we don't want to deal with that hassle. (laughs) Oh God, and if only they knew (laughs) the way that that no impacted me. But so many of us have this, right? Especially if we grew up in situations where maybe we were poor and like the no was because we don't have the money for that. So no, you never get new clothes for the beginning of school. You never get new shoes. You always have to have them secondhand, whether it's hand-me-downs or thrift stores or whatever. You never get new toys. You don't ever get the thing that you want. Like that leaves a big mark on us. And I think all of us have that, even those, as Sam Tripoli says, those trust fund kids with a silver spoon up their ass, I wager that there are things that they want too that they don't get to have, that you know the answer seems to be no, whether it's a verbally expressed no or it's just they're serially denied the experience that they want because it's not always about what money can buy you, it's about so many other subtleties and nuances, you know, we all feel like something has been withheld from us basically is what I'm trying to say. And so at the beginning of the manifestation journey, it's super normal that we just have this like ridiculous list of things that we want. Like when I first started making money in 2021, like money where I had money to spend, because again, if you want to hear my money journey, at some point earlier in the year, maybe like May or something like that, I recorded uh, an episode about how I healed my money stuff. But basically, all the way up until 2021, I was broke, like continuously going into deeper and deeper levels of debt broke. Always, always, without fail, always broke, always. 2021, I finally started to make some money I manifested that, that change came through manifestation. It didn't come through any different strategies in my business or anything like that. It was all manifestation, 100%. And when I first got that money, like my crystal collection grew exponentially, let me tell you. I was ordering crystals off of Etsy left, right, and center. And it was just satisfying that little girl that felt like she wasn't allowed to buy what she wanted or she wasn't allowed to want what she had or had have what she wanted. (laughs) So it's very normal is what I'm trying to get at. That at the beginning, we want material items. We want things just to fulfill that child or young um, version of ourselves that was left with a gaping desire that was never fulfilled. But as you continue with the manifestation journey, 
your desires shift. I don't buy crystals anymore because that, that, that feeling that I was going for, the feeling I was chasing when I was buying the crystals got satisfied. So I no longer spend my money on those things. I don't even actually spend a lot of money anymore because I've manifested a life that is so perfectly tailored to specifically what I want to be experiencing that I don't have a lot of yearning. Now that doesn't mean that I don't want things. I do. I totally want things. But that depth of yearning is no longer present at least not in the it's not as loud as it once was as you go along the manifestation journey you start to you get those needs met so those initial things that you want that initial sense of like it's almost like um it's almost like a greediness it's like a like the feeling of a kid who is told they never get to have candy and then they're finally let loose in a candy store and they're allowed to pick whatever they want. Like they're just going to go hog wild and then they're going to get a stomach ache and then they're going to, you know, kind of get over it. So you eventually kind of get over it and you're, the things that you want really shift and it's not in a spiritual bypassing way. I offer this as food for thought. You can take it or leave it, but I offer that it is, The only way to really liberate ourselves from that sort of like wounded inner child level of yearning is to finally let ourselves have all the things that we didn't get to have when we were little. Of course, with the understanding that when you are grown up, the things that you want are going to be different. You're not going to want the toy anymore, but you're still going to want like a toy. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a different toy now. When you let yourself manifest those things, you can actually get over it versus trying to spiritually bypass it by telling yourself that you should be above it because you're a spiritual person. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. Like it just suppresses and denies that, um, that yearning even more and it keeps it active. And if you really suppress it and push it away, it starts to twist and, become distorted and it starts to play out in weird sneaky ways in our lives in our relationships in like you know if you think of people who you know those people who just always have to have the last word they always have to have the the clever last word and one up you and it's fucking annoying that's the kind of energy of somebody who never got the things that they wanted when they were a little kid and so now they have this like weird way of taking They just take energy. They take, it's not satisfying what they really want, but it's compensating for what they really want. Hopefully, hopefully what I'm saying tracks. Hopefully I'm making sense. So eventually you get those, you get that satisfaction. You manifest the shoes. You buy a shit ton of crystals. Maybe you manifest a car. Maybe you manifest um, a year or six months or something of traveling around the world and having a digital nomad lifestyle or whatever, whatever thing you want to do, you know, like whatever is on your list and don't even bother judging whether it's good or not. Like whether the things that you want are good to want. The only criteria in my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion. I'm not an authority is (laughs) 
as long as what you want doesn't hurt anybody else, especially doesn't hurt children or disabled people or elderly people or animals or those who are not fully equipped to defend themselves, uh, then just want it. Just let yourself want it. Let yourself want the fucking shoes. Let yourself want the stupid designer handbag. Let yourself want, you know, the, the car, whatever thing. It's okay that your ego has desires. The only way you will get past those egoic desires, again, in my opinion, is to let yourself manifest the experience of having them. And then you are satisfied. And then the natural question becomes, okay, what's next? Like what else is there? And I think a lot of people get worried that the answer to what next is like more money, more carnal pleasure, more terrible things, or you know what I mean? But for a lot of us, what's next ends up being like, okay, so I'm pretty powerful. I manifested those things. Now what do I... What do I want even more than that? Or what do I want at a deeper level that's beneath that? So maybe you want to manifest a career that utilizes your true gifts and where you feel like very lit up by your work and also well compensated by your work or for your work. Or maybe you you decide that what you truly want at a deeper level is a home And it's a specific kind of home. And there's an experience of that home that you want to have. Maybe what you want is greater health. Maybe what you want, and then what eventually happens, is that you start wanting to manifest for other people. Like you want to use your manifestation abilities to manifest things that benefit others as well that benefit everyone. So maybe it's that you want to manifest enough money to be able to donate substantially to uh, an organization that you just really believe in. Or maybe you want to learn how to hone and cultivate your manifestation abilities to support your friend in healing from his health problems or you know, whatever, like those are the next natural steps that happen along the manifestation trajectory. It's not always going in the direction of like more selfish, self-serving, blah, blah, blah. And some people will go down that path. And guess what? It's not our, it's, it's not our journey. Like it's none of our business. We can't tell another soul that they can't be on the path that they're on because we do not understand the full complexity of their path, of their journey. It's not for us to impose our judgments on other people. God knows we do it all the time anyway, but the the fact that some people will go farther down a path of like hedonistic self satisfaction in in manifestation which honestly I'll get into this but I don't at that point I don't think it's manifestation anymore but anyway the fact that some people will be like that is not a good enough reason for the rest of us to not learn how to become conscious creators the other thing that makes me believe that manifestation is not selfish and it's not hedonistic is that (laughs) 
when you get deep enough into the manifestation journey, you realize that what it actually is, is it's a process of deep self-mastery. It's a process of mastering yourself at deeper and deeper levels in a way that I'll say makes you a better person, but I don't, I don't like the implication of that as though you're not good enough already, but it makes you a more awake person. It makes you a more aware person because here's the very unattractive truth about manifestation is there is a lot of inner work. It's, it's 100% an inner game there. Okay. It's a 99.8% inner game. And there's a point zero two percent. Is that right? I'm not good at math. Whatever. It, there's the other remaining percentage. I think it's point zero two um, of of the outer game, meaning that you get you get guided to take inspired action. But the huge majority of the manifestation work is all internal. The reason for that is because everything that we see manifested externally in the the air quotes 3D is all a reflection of who we are inside based on our beliefs, who we think we are, what we think about the world, what we think is possible, our various traumas, our stories that we are playing out. You know, like if you have the story that, I don't know, the good ones are always taken and even if there are any good ones they never choose you if you have that story that is what is going to be reflected in your externally manifested experience so if you want that to stop reflecting in your externally manifested experience if you want to stop experiencing those situations where it appears like all the good ones are already taken and on the occasion that they're not they are always choosing someone else anyways then you have to do the internal work to shift out of that story. That's what manifestation is. And so when I say it makes you a better person, that's that's kind of what I mean. It just makes you more self-aware. It gives you greater measures of control over yourself and the things that trigger you and the things that you put your energy into it allows you to select different timelines. And that's not a bad thing. The more self-aware we are and the more responsibility that we take for the experiences that we have been unconsciously manifesting, the better. That's what I mean when I say it brings you to a more divine level of consciousness. Because it takes you out of the perception of being a victim where life is just like ass boning you really hard and it shifts you into a realization of your incredible agency and and at the same time it doesn't undermine or invalidate the experience that you've been having of life just totally messing with you. It acknowledges that, yeah, that's the experience you've been having and you don't have to keep having that experience forevermore. You get to shift into something else and you're the only one that can do that shifting. 
And the shifting is about taking deep responsibility for your thoughts and your beliefs and your emotions and your triggers and just cleaning it up and cultivating a level of self-mastery that turns you into somebody who's very wise and very, um, gosh, how do I describe it? When you cultivate that level of self-mastery, you become somebody with a lot of embodied wisdom because you have been willing to look at your own shit and sort it out and be with yourself through the process and not live from a place of trying to always escape yourself or numb out or distract yourself from what needs to be seen on the inside, you know, your fears, your traumas, etc., And as such, you also become somebody that has an incredible capacity to be present with others, to really see them and hear them when they're talking to you, even when they don't see and hear themselves, even when they're talking a big game of shit, you can actually hear the truth in between the words. You can read their energy because you have been present with yourself. That's what manifestation leads to. It leads us to being, yeah, like awakened humans. And like I said a few episodes back, manifestation is really about mastering the fourth dimension so that we're not feeling like we are adrift on the sea of a dream and we're being tossed about by the waves and a storm is coming and we're powerless to do anything about it. Master of the fourth dimension means like realizing you're in a dream and you are the character within the dream, but you are also connected to the mind of the dreamer. You are the dreamer. This is your dream. And so what are you choosing to dream up? Because you are the one who is dreaming it all. Or if you prefer the video game analogy, you can use the analogy of waking up to the realization that you are not just a character within the game being played by somebody else. You are the player. You are the player. So the person that you are as a human is the like ground level, boots on the ground operant that is experiencing this whole simulated realm but you are also the player who is outside of the simulation that's what we call our higher selves and you like you are one in the same consciousness the process of learning how to manifest brings you into alignment god i hate to i hate i feel like i'm just poaching all these Abraham Hicks terms, but it brings you into, let me see if I can think of a new one. It syncs you up with your higher self, aka the player that is playing this game with you and through you. You are one being. You are not separate. And think about what kind of world this can be, will be, as more and more of us cultivate this level of self-mastery so that we can manifest what we want intentionally, consciously, with awareness, 
rather than manifesting by our default pain programming and the Akashic accumulation of lifetimes worth of wounding and suffering and unresolved karma. Think about the different kind of world that we will create as more of us cultivate this level of self-mastery. The things that we are inclined to create from a place of that healed whole self-mastery where we are aware of what this realm is and who we are and what our magic superpower of creation is and how it works, those things are so very different from what we have been creating from, like I said, that Akashic accumulation of lifetimes of pain and trauma and loneliness and the illusion of separation. It's like night and day, the difference is so stark. And so to me, manifestation has nothing to do with hedonism. It has everything to do with total self-responsibility. Plus, honestly, manifestation doesn't work if you don't do the internal stuff. And maybe I'm scaring a bunch of you away. I mean, I don't know. I feel like nobody wants to do the inner work and the shadow work, but I could be wrong. Um, but if you don't, if you're not willing to do that stuff, it's not going to work. You can affirm, affirm, affirm until you're blue in the face. And unless you're making the actual internal shifts, it's not going to happen. I'm not saying that affirmations don't work. I'm just saying that simply saying them is not where the magic lies. The magic lies in your internal alchemy. So it's not always even about shadow work. Like every single moment of manifestation isn't about shadow work. A lot of the time, the process of manifestation is like, seeing into or feeling into the timeline that you desire and just playing with it and enjoying it and juicing it up. It feels really good and really easy and light on our energy and super fun. But manifestation, in order for it to work, it also involves a willingness to look at our triggers when we get triggered and not try to push them away or numb them out, but just be curious, like, why is this happening? What message is this bringing to me? So manifestation can't even happen from a hedonistic vantage point. Now, this is the perfect parlay into the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the difference, as I see it, between manifestation and magic, particularly magic that ends with a K, the Aleister Crowleyan magic. But I mean, he's not responsible for all magic. Like he just repopularized it, I guess. Anyway. Now, as I go into this piece, I just first of all want to say that I'm not telling anybody that they shouldn't be doing anything. If you practice magic, that is your journey, that is your business. I'm just sharing what I observe about the differences between magic and manifestation. Um, even though I use the term magic all the time, it's because I'm like, you don't get to steal magic. That's a, that's a term that we all get to have access to. But I'm, I'm speaking about ritual magic, spell magic, that kind of stuff. So if you are a magic user, then you keep doing you, boo. Like, I, I am not, I'm not trying to judge anybody. Just sharing my perspective. 
And then also I want to acknowledge that magic exists along a a grayscale. So there is like extreme dark magic. There's probably extreme like high white magic. And then there's all the gray stuff in between, which is what most humans probably dabble with. Anyway, but with magic, the way the magic works is you you think of a desire. So it's very much like manifestation in, in the initial phases. There's something that you want, okay? You think about it. You focus your attention on it. You either look up somebody else's spell that they've created and you follow their instructions like a recipe, which I never actually found to be that effective anyway, or you, you know, feel into it yourself and you collect the various pieces of your spell. Um, so it could be like a candle, it could be some string, it could be whatever, you know, the different elements it could be a crystal, all the, all the things that we think of with magic. And typically you create a circle because that circle contains the energy that you're building up. And you, you find a way to ultimately like what magic is doing, like what a spell is doing is you are concentrating your intention and you are putting it out into the world to go and do its work and bring you back the thing that you want. What I understand about magic is that it is using already existing energy. So if you are using like a lighter version of gray magic, the energy that you're employing is probably your own energy. If you are using a darker magic, then that's where um, sacrifices come in. So in certain kinds of magic like Santeria, there are animal sacrifices, the use of blood is required, and then of course we go all the way into the darkest ritual magic where um, human sacrifice, human blood, and most horribly child sacrifice, child blood is used. Now, the reason for this is because I believe I believe that the distinction is in the ability to create. This is where I'm like, damn, I wish that I had written this all out in advance so that I could get it really concise and clear. But here we are. This is the allotted time I've given myself. So we're just going to push on and hope I pull it together. So humans have the ability to create. We have a, I, you could call it a creator gene. Um, I don't know if it's actually a gene or whatever, but that's just an easy way of putting it that most of us understand. We have the creative spark. What that means is that we have access to alternate timelines through our own chakras. We are like an incredible instrument. We have no idea how powerful we are. We have no idea, you guys. We have been fucked so hard through centuries of like the most horrendous violence. We have just been beaten down and broken to a point that we cannot remember our power. But that doesn't mean that our power isn't still there, that it's not valid or real. It's totally real. Through our chakras, we have the ability to tune into those 
other timelines that are available. Again, I perceive them as having been created at higher dimensional levels, and then we are the ones that tune into them and we animate them through our consciousness and our attention. Like we are the ones that flood our selected timeline with our attention and our consciousness, and that brings it to life. It makes it real. The beings that use true dark magic, they don't have access to that. That's why programs like um, Project Looking Glass, um, Project Montauk, MK Ultra, those kind of things exist, like secret space programs, that kind of stuff. Those kind of things exist because those dark actors do not have access to their chakras, particularly their heart chakra. They have almost like electively, surgically removed their heart chakra from their chakra system. But that, it's like, it's like you know, on a strand of Christmas lights, like if you unscrew one, then the whole strand goes out. It's kind of like that. So they don't have access to those other timelines. So they have to use highly psychic people, in particular children, but sometimes adults, in order to peer into those other timelines for them. We have the fucking ability to look into those timelines ourselves from the comfort of our home at any given time. It's called your third eye. <laughs> it's You have that ability. Even if you are somebody that doesn't see with your third eye, you still have the ability to detect other timelines through your third eye. So they don't have access to those other timelines, but they still want to create the outcomes that they want, that they desire for themselves, for their own selfish reasons. And so they take the energy that already exists here in this timeline and they use it in order to, well, to towards several outcomes. I believe that they gather that energy and build it up and use it in spells through ritual magic in order to, number one, create, like, basically to how do I put it? It's really hard. English is so limited. I know I say it all the time, but it really, all I do for my job is talk. (laughs) And I just feel so freaking limited by it. Every time, if I could show you everything that I see, it would be just a different story. But here I am fumbling around with English. They are attempting to use it through ritual magic to produce outcomes that serve them, which is the definition of a spell. I believe that they are also using ritual magic and collecting large amounts of loose energy off of human beings in order to create inorganic passing lanes into other timelines. They also seed our consciousness with information from alternate timelines that they have gathered through the aforementioned programs so that we will collectively shift onto those darker timelines. For example, 
If you look into the, the amount of predictive programming in different movies and videos, music videos, things like that, um, of images of the Twin Towers falling and um, airplanes flying into skyscrapers before that happened, like sometimes many years before that happened, if you go down that rabbit hole and research that, it's it's truly mind-blowing. So basically, they put this imagery in a subliminal way in the background of our entertainment media primarily because we love to consume entertainment media. And when we do it, we give it our full attention. We're just so, you know, thankful for the opportunity to just like zone out and veg out and whatever. And so we go into an alternate brainwave state. We go out of our beta brainwave state, often into the theta brainwave state, which is a form of being like low-key hypnotized. And then in the background, in the subliminals of our entertainment media, they have put these um, these images, these, it's like seeds. It's not the whole story, but it's, they have put seeds. And those seeds, we see them but we're not paying attention to them. We're taking them in passively and subconsciously because we're focused on the plot. We're focused on like, oh my God, the romance between Ross and Rachel. And you know, like we're, we're all focused on that. We're all caught up in that. But meanwhile, these little, I'm not saying the subliminals come through friends. I mean, they probably are, but, but we, Meanwhile, we're subliminally taking on these seeds and they go into our psyche and they take root. And then we manifest those timelines for them because they can't manifest it. They have to do it all through magic. One of the biggest ways that they collect energy for magic is through big televised events like the Super Bowl. Um, this, yeah, the Super Bowl halftime show, the Grammys probably the Oscars. I don't know. I've never been one to watch those shows. I used to watch the Grammys a thousand years ago, but like, I just, I don't know. I've literally never seen a Super Bowl halftime show ever in my life. I'm Canadian, so we don't really, we don't feel the same way about football, but it can be any sport. Like definitely I'm a World Cup fan. So definitely World Cup gathers a ton, a ton of our energy or this Taylor Swift tour that's happening those are huge energy collection things. Like, guys, Taylor Swift is hijacked as fuck. I don't care if you don't want to hear it. Again, I don't have any proof. This is my opinion, but I'll say it very, like, I feel very confident. When I look at this, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she's hijacked. And so many, so many of them are. So she's not just doing like a tour to promote her like feminine, feminist badassery or whatever is being marketed as. This is a very strategic tour to collect a huge, huge amount of fan energy. So all of her fans are being siphoned off of. But you guys are all, like those of you who attend, you're voluntarily giving your energy to that. It blows my mind. It totally blows my mind. But again, like these are just my views. And if you're listening, I'm not trying to shame you. I really am not. I don't want anybody to walk away feeling bad about themselves after listening to any of my podcasts ever or feeling like 
they have to change something that they're doing because I said, no, you only ever have to change anything you're doing because you have decided that that is what's best for you. But again, I'm just stating it as I seize it. So they collect a ton of energy towards that. And those are the often the energies that I think they are using to open inorganic sort of wormholes, if you will, or um, portals into other timelines that they otherwise do not have access to. And, and again, they surgically remove their own heart chakra, okay? So like they could have access to it if they want to, but in order to have access to it, they would have to basically pay up on the tab of all of the suffering that they have created through that decision to go deeper into separation and farther away from unity. So that's how I see magic. Now, if you're just somebody at home and you're just doing like candle magic, whatever, I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to draw a comparison between you and the dark elites at all, (laughs) whatsoever. You can definitely use magic. And like I said, maybe in my last solo episode, I can't remember, I've recorded that a couple times, (laughs) but in one of the versions that I recorded, whether it's the one I published or not, who knows, um, I, I shared about how I did this magic spell. Uh, it was a love spell when I was 19. And within two weeks, I had a new boyfriend, is somebody I did not previously know or had any connection to at all whatsoever. And he fit every single like meticulous item on my list. And I was like oh shit, I don't know how to operate this vehicle. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to put this down now. I'm going to put this magic down and I'm going to walk away. That being said, I did do um, a protection spell around my daughter and I when she was an infant because I had to start working as a midwife and I needed to find daycare. And it was way, like I started working, I mean, in, in Canada, typically people take a year of mat leave I didn't with either William or Kieran, um, much to my regret. And so it felt like putting her in daycare at five months old felt way too early. And I felt super vulnerable about it in a new community furthermore. So I did a little protection spell, um, just, you know, that she and I are bound through love forever and that no harm will come to her because her mommy's energy is always covering her and shielding her. I don't think that's a negative thing to do, but otherwise I really don't mess with magic because I have seen, I have seen that it, it, it works. It works. And it's not a joke and it works very chaotically. Whereas manifestation is so much it's so much easier to control. Like it, 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 it takes a minute to figure out how to manifest consciously, but ultimately when you get it figured out, it's so much easier to control because, okay, here's the difference. I think I got it. It just took me like 40 minutes of rambling, but here it is. Magic ultimately is taking a bunch of different things like objects, items, um, creating, a like a, a verbal spell or whatever. There's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. 
but you're doing that and you're accumulating and concentrating your energy to try and change the outside world. So, so your focus is always on changing the outside and producing the outside outcome. Manifestation at its core is about changing your internal state and then the outside changes. It's so passive. It's so, it doesn't harm anybody. It doesn't have to take energy from anyone. You don't have to collect the energy from a plant to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? You don't, you don't have to use crystals to manifest. You don't have to use the fucking moon to manifest. You don't have to use plants. You don't have to use anything. You certainly do not have to do any kind of animal sacrifices or use any kind of blood, but you also don't have to collect people's energy. Like you, you are completely self-sourcing. You are liberating pockets of built up energy that are hidden inside of yourself, like nodules of power. You're liberating it by your willingness through, through the manifestation process to go inward and be with your trauma, be with your limiting beliefs, be with them, alchemize them and release that energy. And that is what then changes your, your externally manifested holographic reality. Hopefully that makes sense, the distinction that I'm trying to make here. Magic is about achieving an outcome on the outside without necessarily having to do the inner work. Certainly dark magic is about that. Manifestation is about learning how to master yourself and that just changes your reality. And I keep using the term wizard, like... In my marketing for the manifestation boot camp, I, I keep repeating, like, I want you to realize that you are a fucking wizard because you know that feeling, like, I don't know if y'all watched Harry Potter in the movie theaters or not, or when you watch it, or if you ever read it or whatever, but I remember going, it was actually on my birthday, maybe it was my 20th birthday, something like that. I went to see Harry Potter in the movie theater and I had never read it or anything before. I went with my family. And I remember watching it and just being like so taken by the magic of it. And I think the thing that made so many people love Harry Potter is that we know deep down inside somewhere, we know that we are magic. Even if at a conscious level, we don't dare let ourselves believe it somewhere deep inside, we know that we are magic. And so the this story, the plot line of somebody coming and telling you in the middle of your shitty life where you're a fucking orphan and you're abused by your aunt and uncle and treated like garbage, somebody comes and tells you on your 11th birthday that you are a wizard, that you have magic powers, that you are special, that you can do things Man, what a what an amazing story for us to connect to. And it feels to me, even as I say this now, like so many years later, and I'm reconnecting with how I felt when I watched that movie for the first time, it just stirs something inside of me because I know it's true. I know that so many of us have felt like life has just shat on us or like we are not 
you know, I know so many of you, you guys write me. I'm sorry I can't write you back more. I really, truly am. But I read your messages and like, I fucking care. I care. I read them. I sit with it. I think about your name. Some of you write me and you tell me about what you've been through and I just feel mind blown. And I just love you and I think how unfair it is that people have to suffer like this in life. It's just not right. I know a lot of us have lived lives that just feel so shitty that it's like, how am I ever going to get out of it? And maybe you hear me talking about manifestation and you kind of feel like it's not going to work for you because this or that or whatever. But what I want to invite you to understand, whether you ever join me in any of my programs or not, I mean, I don't care. Like I care. I'm so pumped. (laughs) Like for all the people who have signed up for the bootcamp, I am thrilled, uh, thrilled. I'm always so excited when people join my programs, but I'm not saying this just to sell my program. Okay. I'm saying this because I want you to know that you do not have to spend your entire life living out this shit timeline. There are many timelines available to you. Infinite actually, but even within just the restricted band of probable timelines, there are many probable timelines and some of them are much, much better than the ones that you've been in, the one that you've been in. And I want you to know how to access that. I want you to understand that you can access it. You are a wizard. You are not just a muggle. You're not just a nobody. You are magic. You are magic. You don't have to do magic. You are magic. Your chakras are magic. Your physical body is magic. Your emotional body is magic. Your mental body is magic. Your etheric body is magic. Your causal body is magic. Your spirit body is magic. You, you're so magical. You are such a, you have no idea. You're a multidimensional being. And I just don't want you to stay in this place of crappy circumstances because nobody ever told you that anything else was available to you. It is available. It is available. And there is a lot of inner work, but it gets to be fun. Like it's not always, like I said, it's not always hours and hours of journaling and crying. I mean, I would be lying if I said that I haven't been doing a lot of journaling and crying this summer. (laughs) I have been doing a lot of it. But it also feels good because it feels natural. Like I'm not I'm not going in search of something to cry over. It's like that stuff was already there, so I might as well journal it out and I might as well cry because it was already coming to the surface to be seen. But it's not always a process of journaling and crying. It's a process of liberating yourself from 
tethers to old timelines. Like you just don't, you just don't have to stay there. I guess that's the point that I keep wanting to drill home. I know I'm just repeating myself now, but you don't have to stay there. You were created to create. It's, it's your inherent blueprint. All you have to do is remember how to do it consciously. You're already doing it all the time. You are already creating. You are already manifesting 100% of the time. So you might as well learn how to do it consciously. In fact, as I have, you know, gone through this whole thing of talking about why manifestation is not like selfish and hedonistic and the difference between that dark hedonism and dark magic and manifestation I'm just more convinced, I've convinced myself, hopefully I've convinced at least one of you, (laughs) that manifestation is one of the most, it's one of the greatest gifts that we can give, not only to ourselves, but to everybody else. Because when you take control over the fact that you are fucking manifesting 100% of the time anyway, you take control over it and you manifest consciously, You manifest, you choose beautiful things to manifest. That's a gift to all of humanity. That's a gift to all creation. It doesn't even have to just be humans. It's the opposite of selfish. It's a huge service, a huge service to choose to become awakened within the dream. And the other distinction I'll make too is if you are listening and you happen to, you know, have been brought up religiously and this is a a hang up for you is like one of the things that I heard people saying in their New Age of Jesus testimonials while they were shitting on manifestation is they're saying like it's it's God's will. It's God's will. (sighs) There is a necessary ingredient in the manifestation process called surrender It's one of the hardest ones to do. It's very hard. And, you know, different manifestation people talk about it. Ultimately, what surrender is, is it is choosing faith. And you can say it's choosing to have faith in God if you want to use that term, if that term is not super triggering for you. If the term God is full of trauma and triggers and you can't even hear that word and connect with the benevolent consciousness that it is meant to represent, then you can use any other term. You can can use the universe. You can use source. That was another thing that I heard in the New Age to Jesus testimonials, all this like judgy shit about people referring to the universe and referring to source. And I was like, guys... It's because people are fucking traumatized. Not everybody can use the word God. It's loaded with religious oppression and trauma. Anyway, you can use whatever word you want is what I'm saying. But ultimately, surrender is absolutely a necessary ingredient. You cannot manifest without surrendering. And what surrender is, it is 
Is it finally transcending the ego's desire to cling to something and like hold on to it? Like the ego thinks that if it doesn't go in a certain way and we don't get the thing that the ego is fixated on that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the ego thinks that we're going to suffer, that we're going to die. Everything's going to be terrible, right? So the ego gets really fixated. But if you're fixated, then the manifestation doesn't work because you're fixated on the fear of not having the thing. So what do you manifest? Not having the thing because that, that's what you're fixated on. If you are, if you're afraid that you're not going to have the thing, then you are keeping yourself in the timeline where you don't have the thing. Surrender is where you believe that you have the thing. You believe that it is done. You believe that anything is possible with God. All things are possible with God. Ask and it is given you have done your part and now you just get to let it come in. And you also surrender with this like deep trust in God, source, the universe, whatever word you want to use, that if something doesn't come in in the way that your ego thinks it needs to, that it's because something even better will manifest for you. So it's not like you, you just don't get to have this thing. It's not in the cards for you. It's like sometimes our ego can't see the forest for the trees, but our higher self can, God can, source can, whatever. And so the surrender piece is just like acknowledging that the ego doesn't know everything. And the ego doesn't need to try and control everything and that we can trust this higher intelligence, this higher power. And so if you were raised religiously and you feel like, you know, you're, you're conflicted by the idea of manifesting and it being your will over God's will, let me reassure you that nothing manifests outside of God's will. That is, that's also the distinction I'm trying to make between magic and manifestation. Magic is trying to bypass God's will. Now, again, I'm not accusing you. If you're just like, you know, whatever, doing your, your wicked things at home and you're not in league with the devil, I'm not trying to accuse you of anything, but magic is trying to bypass the will of God. It's like trying to assemble energy and components and like send it out into the hologram to bring you back your objective. That So it's an ego-based thing. Manifestation is a, a willingness to acknowledge your desire, a willingness to remove all of your internal obstacles and barriers that keep you out of alignment with your desire, that keep you vibrating in a timeline that, you know, where you don't get to have your desire. And it is a surrender that there is a bigger dance at play, that there's, there's something bigger. It's a surrender of your own ego and your egoic desire to control things. I feel like I just repeated myself 80 fucking times. (laughs) Trying to drive the point home. Sometimes I do that. I feel like a dog, you know, when a dog is getting ready to lie down and have a sleep and they just like circle around in the same spot a gajillion times and then finally they lie down. I think it's because they're trying to like make a little path.
had a down spot in the grass, you know, whether they're on the grass or not, that's, that's the instinct behind it. But I feel like that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm always just circling around. And then I kind of eventually feel that moment where I'm like, yes, that's what I was going for. That's what I was trying to say, but it doesn't feel like it's landing this time. And I'm, I feel like I'm just <laughs> wasting, <laughs> wasting all of your precious time, uh, repeating the same thing over and over. Anyways, thank you for being here with me. I love you. Obviously, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Manifestation Bootcamp. It's starting on the autumn equinox. I I think I officially picked the 23rd, but my calendar says it's the 22nd. I don't know. Maybe we'll go with the 22nd. Doesn't matter. Either the 22nd or the 23rd. Deal with it. Either way, it's starting at the autumn equinox. It's going through for 90 straight days all the way until the winter solstice. Now, does that mean that you have to show up 90 straight days? No. Oh my God. I would never ask people to do that. So I want to clarify in case there's confusion. This is a live program, but there are not going to be live modules. Instead, what it means is that it's not pre-recorded. It's not a program that I've run before, and I'm going to be doing it alongside you. So I am going to record a, whether it's video or it's audio, I'm going to record some kind of riff, some motivation, inspiration, um, clarification, tips, tricks, hacks, whatever, on the topic of manifestation to keep you focused every day. Because as I've said a whole whack load of times, consistency is really key. I've seen this with myself. If I am not consistently showing up in my manifestation practice every day, then it doesn't work. Now, sometimes things come up. You go camping with your kids for three days and you don't, you know, you're not journaling, whatever. You're not doing your manifestation thing. That's okay. It doesn't mean that now everything's gone to shit. Nothing's going to work, but it has to be something that we are showing up for and we're doing consistently. And it's part of our ingrained daily routine. And then we can afford those little, um, lapses from our routine but consistency is everything because the the little incremental shifts that occur when you just show up for it for five minutes a day every single day those little incremental shifts they accumulate and they compound over time and they exponentialize and all of a sudden things are really moving things are really happening you start to see the evidence that your manifestation is working and, you know, it's amazing. But if you don't show up and do it consistently, even in that early stage when it feels like nothing's working and like, you know, you're having a hard time even believing it in the first place, you're not going to see your manifestation come to fruition. That's just the way it is. So that's why I wanted to create a boot camp so that you can have daily reminders and inspiration and accountability. I, I just want to be that person that is in your ear every day for 90 days being like, you fucking got this. P.S. This is fun. You are a fucking wizard. This is how it works. Here's a little thought I had about manifestation. Here's a little subtle piece about it that will really make a difference. Here's a technique that you can try. So I'm going to provide techniques, tips, things like that. I'm going to provide just my rambly riffs for 90 days straight. That's my commitment to you because I love you. But we're also going to have bi-weekly live Q&A calls. So every other week we're going to have a call and you can come and bring me your questions 
and we'll go through as many as I can fit into that allotted call time and we'll just work it out. I'll give you my feedback, whatever. I'm really, really, really good. I'm really good at listening to a person's, you know, like their backstory or whatever they're telling me about the situation and then reflecting to them what they need to shift or what they need to keep going on or whatever. So I want that I want to bring that to you. Plus it's going to include this part is going to be pre-recorded, a little um video tutorial about how to manifest because you know, if you're joining from scratch, then of course you're going to need to know how to manifest. And there's going to be a community for accountability and fun and party vibes. It's going to be the best. So you don't have to show up for live calls. You don't even have to come to any of the the Q&As. You can just listen to the replay. You can do this all like air quotes self-study on your own time at home alone. But this is just me creating something new for you for 90 days straight to keep your head in the game and keep you focused so that your manifestation can gain some serious traction. Of course, I cannot guarantee that everybody's full manifestation is going to appear in 90 days. So I'm not ever going to make a promise like that. But that's not really the point anyway. Like the truth is that in manifestation, The freedom that you feel on the inside as you do the work is the real, it's the real prize. Now, as you do the work and as you feel the freedom, your manifestation has to follow. But if you go into it thinking like, I'm going to get my thing by the end of December, then, you know, I just want to, I want to set you straight. You might very well, you might very well get your thing by the end of December, the thing that you're trying to manifest or you might not, but if you, you, if you participate for 90 days, you are going to be well on your way. It's going to happen shortly after, or, um, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't have control over those things, but I'll tell you what, for me, six weeks seems to be the golden number. It depends on what I'm working on right now. I'm manifesting something really, 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 really big. Like I can't talk about it. It's way too personal. It involves people that I love and whose privacy I, I very much value. Um, so I can't talk about it, but it's, it's very big and it's the kind of thing that borders on feeling impossible. And so it feels like it's taking, um, it's taking longer because there's a lot of pieces that I have to work through and it's attached to some, some pretty deeply embedded stories in my, in this lifetime and in my Akashic history. But I shared in soul space a couple weeks ago that I've had a birds before land experience, which means it's those first tiny signs that the manifestation is working. And they're not actually tiny. Like at this point, two weeks ago when I shared, they were tiny. At this point, they're getting big. So my manifestation is coming in piece by piece right now. And the things that are easier for me to believe in are coming first and faster. Of course, that's what only makes sense. But even the pieces that I don't, or I have a harder time believing in, um, that are attached to more emotional stuff, those pieces are starting to come in, but it's coming in piece by piece. And when I first started seeing the birds before land, so those first signs, those first definitive signs that like, holy shit, here we go. It's working. All of my efforts 
everything that I did, everything that I showed up for, all the journaling, all the, you know, meditating, all the visualizing, whatever, all the different things that work for me, all of that has actually worked. That was five weeks, five weeks from the moment that I declared it. And this is what I want. And this is what I'm focusing on. It took five weeks until I started seeing those first signs. And as I said, now it's just popping. They're just rolling in. And it's very exciting. So that's my observation is like, if you really, really, really show up for it and you focus on it, and again, there's so many nuances. I mean, this is why I'm running a boot camp too, because there's so many nuances. You don't kill yourself showing up for it. You just show up for it. You just do it. You designate five to 20 minutes a day to do it because it fucking feels good. Why wouldn't you do it? When you do it like that, it happens and it really doesn't take all that long. So the bootcamp is starting. Autumn Equinox. It's going to be amazing. I have not counted how many people are in it already, but I'd say that there's probably 12 to 15, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, please come join me and join all of us. It's going to be so fantastic. There are payment plans. There's painful I can't wait to see you on the inside if you feel called to join. Okay, I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you found something that I said helpful. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not going to re-record it because I genuinely do not have time. <laughs> but I've, I kind of feel like, oh, I don't know if this is my best one. Doesn't matter. Hopefully something in it was helpful to you. If you feel so inclined, you can message me preferably via email because I can keep those ones organized and let me know if it, you know, if it helped you or if it landed. Just give me something back. Reassure me a little bit. Tell me, tell me that it wasn't a terrible rambly nonsense mess. Um, but if it was, then I guess you can tell me that too. <laughs> oh, otherwise, have an amazing week. I love you all. More than my words can possibly ever say. I appreciate you beyond, beyond, beyond articulation. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. When you rate and review it, that is a way that you can help me. Even if you're somebody who is like so broke or you're like, I just don't feel called to join any of your programs. If you can't, you know, if you can't help support the show financially, that's okay. But if you rate and review, that goes so far to help the show. So you know, that's an energy exchange that you can offer if you feel so inclined. If you do, I appreciate it so much. And then of course, sharing the show with anybody that you know who would resonate with this episode or any episode is also uh, a highly valuable energy exchange. But otherwise, I hope you have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, my friends, and I will catch you on the next episode. Well, that's a wrap. I truly hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you got some good activations, insights, and inspiration from what was shared today. I want to give a shout out to May, who edits all of these podcast episodes, and I want to thank you, beautiful listener, for the valuable currency of your time and attention. You are a powerful creator, and may everything in this podcast serve you in your highest fucking creations. Your listenership means the world to me, truly. I cannot possibly express my appreciation enough for you and your being here with me on this journey. 
If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. I will catch you on the next episode.